Listen to Pastor Franz for the unadulterated word of God. Rightly dividing the word of truth, unraveling mysteries, and preaching Jesus Christ as God Almighty. Today's message. There are times as a human being you could go down, but always have that at the back of your mind that when you have God, nothing goes down with you. Oh, you didn't hear what I said? Yes, the human feelings goes up and down like the sea. The flowing and ebbing of the sea, that's how the human feeling is. But always have in mind that God, when you have him, whether your feeling goes down or up, he's where he is in your life. You will not fail in life. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the book of Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, he said, Thou will keep him in what? Perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Your peace no one will take from you. Your trust in God will not fail you. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed. When your mind is stayed on God, you will not fail in life. I prophesy upon your life this morning that your peace, nothing will take it. Your peace, sorrow will not take it. Your peace, sickness will not take it. Your peace, bad news will not take it. Your peace, struggle will not take it. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord will keep you in perfect peace. The Lord will keep you in perfect peace. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the book of Psalm chapter 65 and verse 4. Hallelujah. The Lord just wants me to bless you with these scriptures before I start teaching. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. He shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Blessed is the man that you choose and cause to approach. Have you approached unto God this morning? You are blessed already. And he, he will make you satisfied with the goodness of life. Good things shall follow you in Jesus' mighty name. I believe I'm speaking to someone here. I believe someone is being blessed by these scriptures. They are scriptures that when you believe, it responds in your life. I see the response of these scriptures in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Today I'm speaking on seeking the only true God and his temple. Seeking the only true God and his temple. There is only one true God who created all things. Praise the Lord. There is what? Only one true God who created all things. And he is the one who gives eternal life. Hallelujah. There is what? Only one true God. The reason we are using only one true God is simply because there are other lesser spirits in the system whose aim is to deceive men to think they are gods. So, we are at the mercy of God's grace to know who or which spirit to follow. Because as you are sitting, there are spirits. In your dream, they can infiltrate. In your day-to-day life, they can infiltrate. 
in our forefathers' life, they infiltrated. And so someone goes for hunting and then goes to a place and then a spirit speaks to him from a mountain. And he believes he's God because he's wonderful. Someone goes to a fishing and in the river, something from the river speaks to him or did something wonderful. And it looks like God. And so he felt, oh, this is God here. And so there are all manner of spirits in the spirit realm that are seeking how to win men to worship them. Praise the Lord. It's very, very important you have this understanding. If not, church will be anything because any spirit can manifest in church and you think it's God. Praise the Lord. So we are speaking on seeking the only true God and his temple. And his temple was added so that at the end of everything, we will notice who the only true God is. Because he's the only one who will be found in his temple. Now, in the book of Matthew chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, we notice how the devil, the tempter, and he said unto him, All these things will I give to thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Now, who is the one seeking for worship? He's not the true God. He has a desire to be worshipped. But Jesus noticed him. In the form of a man, he noticed him. And he said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only. Somebody say him only. That's the word. Him only shall thou serve. So, there are spirits in the atmosphere and they are smart at deceiving men to worship him. Satan is their master. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9, the scripture says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil. You see the word that was used for him, the qualification, old, that means he was there before you were born into the physical. And his name, the devil, and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He's, he was cast out into the earth. Where are we now? He was cast out here. And his angels were cast out with him. Now, nobody has seen Satan physically. But the Bible says he's here. That means there is a realm in the earth that the eyes can't see. And that is where Satan operates. Praise the Lord. So there is this earth. There is the physical aspect of the earth. And there is the spiritual aspect of the earth. Which is different from heaven. Because it's from heaven he was cast out onto the earth. But nobody sees Satan here. Nobody sees his demons here. But you can know by their operations. So like I said from the beginning. Someone goes a hunting. And there something speaks to him. He takes that thing home. And he sees God. You get a point now. And then he is his God. And then he, he does wonderful things. And gives him certain results. And therefore he is God. And so that was what plagued most of the African nations. Unfortunately, we, we, we can't say it more than that. Praise the Lord. And that is why the Bible instructs us to be sober. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Be sober be vigilant. Because if you are sober, when you meet something like that in, in any area, in the forest, in the sea, in anywhere, in your house or anything, because you are sober, 
you will take time and you ask questions and you'll be sure what you are talking to, whether it's real. Because even Moses, Moses met with the only true God. Is somebody hearing? He didn't take in what the true God told him. So if you see anything wonderful, anything that looks like, hey, you see, you watch the worship terrain and you see people going to places, you'll be wondering, ah, don't they read Bible? This doesn't look like it's in the Bible at all. But why are they going there? They are going there because of the centrality, the wonderful things. And they feel because it's wonderful, then it is God. But no, we should be smart enough. And that is why I say be sober. Because Moses met God, God himself, in Exodus chapter 3. And God introduced himself to him in verse 6. And what did he say? Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. So yes, Moses knew this is something wonderful, something you should fear. But then Moses, in verse 13, asked a question that you'll be wondering why. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Moses said, Well, I, I believe you are God, but I have to be sure. So tell me your name. So that when I get there and I'm talking about you, I'm sure of who I'm talking about. What is your name? But you notice that God said, I'm the God of your fathers. And then he gave certain descriptions. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. So, these are descriptions that should make Moses be okay. They said, no, I don't take this. This is not name. I want your name. But did God give him his name? And the Lord said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, has sent me unto you. I am that I am. When you go tell them I am, has sent me. And we all know that that doesn't sound like a name. It sounds like, go and tell them that the person who sent you doesn't want to tell you his name. I am. Because I am is not a name. Praise the Lord. But you know, we can make a name out of I am. And we can call him the I am that I am. But we all know that that is really not a name. You understand what I'm saying? But because you don't question God, you accept what he tells you. So shall it be. You understand that? Now, the question is, did Moses really get his name at all? In chapter 6 of Exodus, when Moses went to that assignment and didn't succeed, then verse 1, God now showed his name. And then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go. And with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. 
And I appeared unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. By the name of what? God Almighty. That was the name I gave them. But by my name Jehovah was I not known unto them. That means now I will answer your question. I am called Jehovah. Why didn't he answer at the first? Because there was no reason for it. Names are used for function. That is why Abraham's name was changed before he could have a child. You know? So, God does not waste his name on issues unless the issue warrants his name to be mentioned. Am I saying something? Now, I'm trying to establish something here. That there are many gods in the system. There are many gods in the system. And all of them should have names. And when Moses eventually was able to get out of Pharaoh's hand, he raised a song. In Exodus chapter 15, he raised a song. In verse 1, he raised a song. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he had triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider had he thrown into the sea. Go to verse 11 for me. And then he said in verse 11, what did he say? Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Somebody say among the gods. Meaning Moses knows they were gods. And that was why he was asking for his name. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders among the gods? You are exceptional. You should be feared because you have your place which no other god can stand. Praise the Lord. Meaning you are superior to all gods. You are what? Superior to all gods. And you agree with me that superior things are not cheap. You don't find them cheaply because they are superior. Am I saying something? If you want gold, you need to dig. You want diamond, you need to dig. You want oil, you need to drain. You understand? Superior things are not gotten cheaply. They are sought for. They are what? So the proof of wanting the best among the rest is in your resolution to seek. Oh, you don't get what I mean. You will have to decide that I will seek to find the true God. The true God does not lie on the, uh, on the surface. You want him, then make up your mind that I have to seek. And seeking is related to searching. Am I saying something? Seeking is what? Related to searching. So you don't just sit down and just imagine, oh, this is God. And then, no, 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 no. You may make a mistake. The Israelites in the days of Elijah made a mistake. Praise the Lord. Somebody will say, oh, but if I don't know God, but I imagine there is God and I'm worshiping him, you may be worshiping the devil. Because there are demons who also want to be worshipped. And then God who must be worshipped, he alone must be served, he alone must be worshipped, and so you must identify him to give him that duty that belongs to him. Superior things don't lie on the surface. Somebody say, superior things don't lie on the surface. So, 
when we approach God with just a formality, I come to church, just a formality. That's why sometimes you come to church and then you'll be wondering what's happening. Because people come with a mind of formality. You should come with a mind of seeking God. Huh? No, sorry, Sunday, so my No. There must be something that you are looking for from God. There must be something, some new depth of Him you are looking for. And that is why you go to church so that your spirit will draw something more important into your life when we approach Him because they go from strength to strength, each and every one that approached before Him. So something new must enter into me. That is why I'm coming. Something new must take place in my life. That is why I'm approaching him. So what I got last week was good, but I will miss something if I don't come this week. Because there must be something from God that must take me from the level I am to a new level. People have not noticed this. That's why it's like routine as usual. Business as usual. No. Every day you approach God, something new is fired into your spirit. And it tops you up, tops you up. You get better in the realms of the spirit. Satan notices you that you are growing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you, your church attendance is not just a formality. And if that is how you are, then hear me. God has a promise for you. If you are out seeking God, if that is what you come for, you come to church to seek God, then God has a promise. In the book of Psalm chapter 34, verse 10, he said, even the young lions, they do lack. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall what? No want any good thing. It's not just material. It's also spiritual. They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. So think of any good thing. He said you won't want it. So the more you seek him, the more he takes care of you. This is what many have not known. So when we come to church, we think we are coming to help God. When you come to God, he adds to your life. Is somebody hearing? Blessing is not physical. They say, oh, he's blessed, meaning he has money. No. Blessing is a, is a spiritual magnetic force that attracts good things. So they that seek the Lord, they become magnet of good things. They shall not lack any good thing. They shall not want any good thing because wherever they go, the good things in those vicinities are attracted to them. They seek God. Like I always say, if you put a metal beside a magnet for a very long time and you pull it out, it becomes a magnet on its own. They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. So you don't want bad things around you. Make sure that God's presence does not elude you all the time. You are there. You are there. You see, it takes spiritual understanding to make you not to miss church. I will always be there, no matter what, because there is something that must touch me. I don't know what lies ahead of me in the week I'm entering, and I will miss church. I'm saying, I don't know what will happen in this week I'm entering. 
and the beginning of the week, I'll miss church. I'm not serious. Because what will make me handle the challenges ahead is his presence. When his presence goes, mountains keep like rams. Little hills like lambs. Even the sea floods. Because his presence goes. So when you go to church on Sunday, what you are going to do is you are going to register his presence in your life for the week. And that makes your life go smooth. When God's presence is with you, you become hot in the realms of the spirit. The devil leaves you alone. You don't know. Some of the struggles you are struggling, you shouldn't. When you place value on his presence, you don't struggle. Even the young lions, they do lack. Young lion, you know what it means? Strength. And they will suffer hunger. Meaning, they, they, it's not every time they can get what they are looking for. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. This is what understanding I grab that makes me make sure that there is no church service that I will not attend if I'm still around. Praise the Lord. I'm not speaking because I'm a pastor. Somebody said to me when I was just an ordinary Christian, when the call came, he was a pastor then. He's still a pastor. They said, ah, the way you do somebody's ministry, I don't see your ministry failing. I'm always there. Always. Praise the Lord. What is the meaning of seek? Seek simply means look for something. In this context, look for something seriously. Look for something with seriousness. Seek. So those who seek the Lord means those who look for God with seriousness. Did I say something at all? And I'll give you an example. Praise the Lord. In the book of Luke chapter 15 verse 8, Jesus gave a parable. He said, either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece... Doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. One, light a candle. Two, sweep the house. Three, seek diligently. Diligently means heartily. Your heart is involved in what you are looking for. And then you have gone to buy candle. Why? Because what you are looking for is more expensive than the candle. And then you got a broom. And you are sweeping, exerting energy. Why? Because what you are looking for, the energy you are exerting, is not, it can't be compared with it. So, because the thing is so valuable to you, it is known in how you seek for it. If God is valuable, it will show in the way you don't play with him. Seeking goes with seriousness. The proof of serious, or the proof of, of, of what you call it, importance is known by the desire to seek. If the thing is important to you, it will show in how you seek for it. So the proof of importance is known by your desire to seek for it. Praise the Lord. Remember, Joseph was sent by his father to go and look for his brothers. Eventually, that was the beginning of his, his greatness, but it started with doom. Praise the Lord. But if you look at Joseph's lifestyle, you will notice that Joseph was a very good person that loved his brothers very well. 
Because in the book of Genesis chapter 37, taking it from verse 15, you see Joseph seeking his brothers. Let's read till we get to 17. And a certain man found him, whom, who is the him? Joseph. And behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seeketh thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed the flock. And the man said, They are departed hence. For I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. Why? Because his brethren were valuable to him. He didn't bother about the tiredness. He went here. They were not there. He left there. went another place because he wanted to get his brothers. When you are looking for something that is valuable, you don't feel the tiredness. Oh, today I'm tired. I won't go to church. It's not valuable to you. When you are looking for something that is valuable, you, every, everything inside you looks for it. Everything. Everything looks for it. And God also measures it. God measures how important he is in our life by the way we seek him. Oh, you didn't hear that. By the way we seek him. Oh, today the weather is too cold. Oh, the weather is looking like it will rain. I won't go. Now, that, that, is, that is a level. So when the weather is fine, I will go. When the weather, God knows that level too. God measures it. But they that seek the Lord, what shall happen to them? Shall not want any good thing. Now, we are not talking too much about church activities here. That is why I said that in the spiritual atmosphere, there are lesser spirits that are seeking for man's worship also. Are you getting it now? They are soliciting. When you, when you walk on the street or you are passing, you see people come to you with your, to your car and then they are selling, oh, this is good, oh, this is good. When you buy, you buy at your risk because you are moving and then they are selling. But if you want to buy something quality, you go to the shop where they have an office and you go in there and inquire and then they bring the thing out and they test for you and then when you feel it's good, then you buy. Is that not true? Then you know that you bought something quality. But then you are in a hurry and then you, oh, let me, okay, give me. And then you bought you may have bought something good. But what it simply means is if you want quality things, they won't come to meet you. You go and look for them. You didn't hear what I said. If what you are looking for is quality, you don't, they don't, and listen to me, familiar spirits, they look for people. Yesterday I was with Pastor Stephen. Somebody came. Then he was asked, you know, they are the ones who say, Hashem Woho. Hashem Woho. And then, they will tell you certain things. You'll be shocked. If you give them your ear, they will tell you your life history. And you think, hey, how did he get it? Once he tells you that, why well, you think he has power. But what he uses is called familiar spirit. That is what he's operating. And they also know something. That's why they are called familiar. They are familiar with families. And so they can know your great-grandfather, his father, and the other one, and the other one until he got to you. And they can know the things that happened in the lineage 
before you came. And so when they begin to tell you, hey, how did he know? Familiar spirits. You don't seek them, they seek you. <laughs> oh, you don't know? They are like those selling on the street. You don't seek them, they seek you. So familiar spirits are easy to find. <laughs> but our diligence of seeking should be towards the only true God. It is only lazy-minded people that settle with the less. Wow, that was Pastor Franz, the Apostle of Diversity. For more of Pastor Franz's messages, you can also subscribe to Diversity Broadcasting Network on YouTube. Jesus is God Almighty.